from DynastyLeagueFootball.com and the DLF family of podcasts, this is the Super Flex Super Show. Your main source for strategy, speculation, player values, and all things Super Flex. With innovative strategies like QBX and the Super Flex Flywheel, exercises like Tinder Flex, Super Six, You're Nuts, and next week this week, the Super Show's Super Friends never lack the content you need to help you draft and manage your roster in the fastest-growing fantasy football format, Superflex, on the Superflex Super Show. Enjoy your DLF podcast and stay sexy and super flexy. Listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off season. Welcome into another edition of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I am Dan Myler. I am once again with Ryan McDowell and Matt Price. Uh, week ten, pretty much in the books, guys, and. Uh, came and went. There were some major blowouts in Week Ten that uh, that weren't much fun to to watch, and there were some. There was even a tie that was equally as frustrating to watch. There was some good football, some big performances too, and we'll get all uh, to all of that. But first, we should talk to Matt. Matt, how's it going, bud? Uh, it's pretty good. We uh, we we got a win today for the for the Packers, and sure. uh, it was not not the normal way we would think of them winning, but. We, we got it done. So uh, all right, all right. Well, I like today. the we the we talk there, Matt. <laughs> you know, I can be a we because I'm an owner. I don't know. Are you an owner, Matt? Do you own Do you own part of Lambo? I own stock in the Packers, so I'm an oh, owner. Wow. Well, I think that sounds like a really good Christmas present for me this year. <laughs> all right. Okay. <laughs> How about you, Ryan? How'd Sunday treat you? Uh, no, no we here. Just me by myself <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it was it was an okay week. Uh, I kind of feel like my fantasy teams were the uh, equivalent to that to that Lions Steelers game. Okay. That's, oh, that's that's kind of how my my fantasy week went. But, well, that uh, doesn't sound okay. That sounds pretty no. poor. If you ask me, unless you had Andre Swift, who got like thirty five touches in the game. But <laughs> we're gonna get to that game. We should start with Thursday night, though, guys, as we always do. It was Baltimore at Miami, and the Dolphins knocked off the Ravens 22-10. to What a mess of a game. Got, got, the, got the week really off on the wrong foot. Brissett goes out with an injury. Tua takes over. Between them, they throw for 300 yards, but they couldn't throw a touchdown. The only touchdown for Miami was a Tua rushing touchdown. One-yard plunge. And then for Baltimore, a lot of the same. A, a, a dump-off pass to... Mark Andrews over the top for a short touchdown, and and that really was it. It was boring. We were all probably rooting for the Lamar touchdown at the end of the game, and he throws a pick. I don't know how many takeaways you guys had from this game. We should probably start with the Dolphins, Matt. Um, Tua comes in. If he was healthy enough to play, why wasn't he starting? Brissett gets banged up, looks like he's ready to go back, and the coaching staff decides... Now nah, let's let Tua run it, run the show for the rest of the game. I don't know what's up in Miami. 
Yeah, I mean, you would think if he could have come in like that in an emergency situation that he could have started, but there was reports of his finger still not right, of questioning his grip strength, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, maybe it was an emergency situation, but it was nice to see him come in and, and, and finish out the win there for uh, for Miami. But from a dynasty perspective, you know, this was a guy that, you know, certainly me and maybe maybe you guys as well, I can't really remember, but, you know, touting him as a guy that had a chance for maybe the biggest value increase of all quarterbacks in a super flex format. I think he was like quarterback 16, 17, 18, somewhere in that range uh, heading into the season. Uh, and now in, in October's uh, super flex ADP data, we're still working on November, I believe, but he's quarterback 20, uh, 50th overall in the mid fifth, fifth round or so, just behind guys like Cooper Cup ahead of Javante Williams, Deontay Johnson and Daniel Jones, who was the quarterback 21 uh, with two at quarterback 20. So I would definitely rather have him than Daniel Jones at this point, I think. Um, I think we have to remember that you know his first season, his rookie season, still dealing with that catastrophic injury he suffered in college. This year he's had the cracked ribs and this finger thing. So I just feel like we haven't gotten really a chance to see a completely f- fully healthy Tua yet. Um, one, one tool I like to look at that a deal out that we don't talk talk about that much is the quarterback comparison tool. Uh, excuse me, the ADP comparison tool. Uh, for It's only for one quarterback leagues right now, but it shows you a visualization of the data of this graph that'll just show you what the, the ADP looks like over a, a period of time. And two is just like up and down, up and down, up and down. But between September and October's ADP collection, he had his biggest drop to date, 133 to 166, so about three, three rounds or so. Uh, and uh, in the trade analyzer, his value is quarterback 16, so a little bit ahead of his ADP value. Um, so I feel like he's kind of bottomed out in terms of his trade value. Uh, so maybe it's a time to go ahead, go and try to try to get him some trades in the trade finder. Cousins for Tua in a second. I think I'll take the bonus there. I feel like Tua and Cousins are pretty close to each other. Uh, this one is kind of interesting too. Baker and Chubb for Tua and DJ Moore. So I feel like that's almost about the other players and they'll not necessarily about the quarterbacks because then Tua and Baker, I mean – flip a coin i think i prefer to a little bit um but i think he's reasonably priced right now and if he has reached a, a, a bottom value wise i've seen people on twitter this week just they're just done with tua so if that's the case i'm I'm looking to buy i think uh in that late first maybe two seconds kind of right ryan you were high on tua even as as late as this off season coming into the beginning into week one what is what he's put on tape so far this year done to his value for you? Are, are you buying if you can get him at any kind of discount? Probably not. I'm just I'm worried about the ceiling, uh, and and we haven't really seen that ceiling, which is a little concerning. You know, not even really in uh, a, a random game here or there. Like we just haven't seen those flashes. Um, they. Added some weapons for him this offseason. That hasn't really changed. Matt mentioned the injuries as maybe a reason that it's not fair to to fully judge him yet, which is true. But multiple injuries this season on top of uh, his previous injury history are, are just uh, more reasons to be concerned uh, about him long term. So, uh, I mean, and, and if we're already talking about his value in, in the Baker Mayfield or Daniel Jones range, that that kind of yeah. says that, yeah, that kind of says it all. Yeah. The, all of it that I seen, I, I kept seeing names like Sam Darnold and, and Jameis Winston next to his in these trades, Matt. And that's, that's what I started to think is really we've dipped this low. And it made me think what you mentioned there, if it's really come this far and, and his value has gone sunk so low, maybe we should be buying, but 
just watching him play, I don't. I agree with Ryan. I, I don't see any of those ceiling type plays that that make you say, "Wow, that's it. That's what we need. We need to bottle that up and and see a little bit more of that every single week." We we just haven't seen enough of it. Maybe it's the injury. I, I sure hope it, it's something like that that's holding him back and that he could get unlocked at some point. But I am I am hesitant to to invest anything in in the tongue of Aloha express because it's not I mean, going very fast i mean we have a four touchdown game this season i mean that's yep. that's a spike yep. week so we've seen we've seen some kind of upside from him but uh, i mean i understand what you're saying i just feel like at this point like is his value going much lower i guess if deshaun watson somehow does actually end up in miami this offseason maybe that's a question mark uh but otherwise like i i don't know i feel like i want to buy right now it's maybe gonna be a wrong. fun conversation to have in the off season we'll see what what all shakes out down there in miami the weapons most of them are in place there we expected a better season from them for sure we'll see what happens it'll be it'll be fun to talk about once uh once this season wraps up the last note from this game guys is probably on the baltimore side and it revolves once again around rashad bateman six catches for 80 yards on eight targets nearly scored broke a couple tackles on the sideline, and and that that was a sick grab way out in front of him with just his fingertips on that slant route early in the game. Not a lot of receivers make those catches. Those those bounce off even NFL receivers' hands, and it's not the first time. Six for 80 this week, five for 52 on eight tar- targets last week, three for 80 the week before. So he's starting to starting to get rolling, it seems. He's on the field more and more, even with Sammy Watkins back this past week, Ryan. Uh, and on the field, you saw Watkins making mistakes, and Bateman was the one making plays out there. It seems like Bateman needs to be on the field more, and that's just going to lead to more success and, and more, more dynasty managers being pumped about his upside. Yeah, even with the hot start that Rashad Bateman had gotten off to since he returned from that injury, there was still, I think, at least a little bit of concern for the short term of what would Sammy Watkins uh, being back in, in the lineup due to Bateman, due to Hollywood Brown, it really did nothing. Uh, I mean, Sammy struggled with a, a lack of effort on an end zone target, and uh, I, I believe he either had a drop or a fumble later in the game, and, and then we didn't see much more from him after that. Uh, I mean, the question really with this team, specifically when it comes to the passing game, is can Lamar and can this offense support these three weapons, being Bateman, Brown, and Andrews, uh, all three of those guys had six catches in this game. All three had at least eight targets. Uh, Hollywood a little bit disappointing, couple drops, uh, which you know we've got to just accept that that's kind of part of of what you're getting with him at that at this point. Um, so his his final stat line was was not necessarily uh, what we want to see, but he did have 13 targets and finished with six catches. Uh, so. I, I am feeling pretty confident that, that this Ravens offense can support these three guys uh, moving forward. Yeah, it certainly looks that way at this point. Bateman right now, wide receiver 32 in our most recent DLF ADP. Guys like Cortland Sutton, Tyler Lockett, Michael Thomas, and uh, Juju Smith-Schuster all within the about five or six spots among wide receivers ahead of him. So uh, there's a little bit of room to maybe go up throughout the end of this season and potentially start talking about him as a as a wide receiver too going into year two let's jump over to the Sunday games fellas we're going to start with the Cowboys shellacking of the Falcons 43 to 3 Dak Prescott 296 and 2 added a rushing touchdown Zeke found Pater twice 
as well. I don't know if there's a lot to talk about here. CeeDee Lamb was great, 6 for 94 and a couple of scores. Ryan, if you're if, from a Dallas perspective, you you watched most of this game. What what were you thinking? Uh, how how like usage is really shaped up in Dallas? It's a little hard to tell because it was such a blowout, um, thirty six to three at halftime, I believe. So um, and basically the starters didn't even play the fourth quarter. So tough to make too many assumptions. But uh, I do think we can look at at Michael Gallup being back in the lineup. Uh, and my concern was that would hurt Dalton Schultz because we, we had basically seen his, um, you know, his breakout, his strong play coming with, uh, with Gallup out of the lineup in weeks two through five or six or so. And the, those concerns were, were valid. Uh, Schultz gets just, uh, just two targets, one catch Gallup sees five targets, three catches. Uh, I think it's too early to, to guess how Michael Gallup will, will impact Cooper or, or CD lamb. They, they both still saw theirs, especially lamb. Uh, but it's, it's not good news for Dalton Schultz. I don't know that we can look at him as a weekly starter moving forward as we have over the past, uh, past several weeks. And then on the other side of things, it, it was a mess really for the Falcons. Uh, Matt Ryan probably scored negative points in your fantasy league this week. Two picks, only 117 passing yards. Wayne Gallman was playing a, a big chunk of, of the snaps late in the game, and that's probably because of that Cordero Patterson injury, Ryan. I'll take the blame for that. I traded for him in two leagues this past week. Uh, just four carries for 35 yards, one catch for 14, and I don't. I'm not sure. I don't think we saw him in the second half. No, he uh, he suffered that ankle injury in the first half, and you would think if, if you were still kind of holding out hope for Mike Davis, uh, that would be um, you know good news for Davis that he would see some increased work. That wasn't really the case. They went with Gallman instead. Uh, perhaps that's because they were already down big at this at that point. But uh, it it it's, it's not good news for Patterson. We'll see uh, if if he's back in action over the next couple of weeks. Hopefully, not a high ankle sprain. Uh, but it's also really bad news for Mike Davis. I I would say at this point, uh, we can drop Mike Davis, and uh, Wayne Gallman might be the waiver wire target for the week. Yeah, I I was list, trying to get a gauge on that injury on Twitter. All those Twitter MDs that are out there, or at least claim to be MDs, lots of lots of fear for that high ankle sprain out there on Twitter. So we'll keep our fingers crossed there and hope for the best that we can get CPAT back on the field sooner rather than later, especially if you just invested in him like I did. Uh, how about the Colts and the Jags? Colts jumped out to a big lead, looked to be cruising. One of, this one should have been one of those blowouts today. It didn't happen. Colts hold on 23-17. to 17. Jonathan Taylor, he, he, was, he was awesome in the first quarter. 21 carries, 116 yards, and a touchdown is what he finishes with. Also caught six passes for just 10 yards. You know, I... The more I watched this game, every every play that I saw this game, it it went just like every Colts game, guys. I, I constantly was saying to myself, why aren't they just turning around and handing it to Taylor? I see seven yard carry, twelve yard carry, and then and then they throw these dinks and dunks and try to get Wentz going and all those things. Wentz just 180 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. I guess he was fine. He like Taylor should have just carried them throughout this game, but it just didn't happen. As far as the Jaguars go, Ryan, um, what are your thoughts on LaVisca Chenault? He 
He had a couple of carries in this game. He, he caught three passes for just 15 yards on eight targets. He's, they're trying to get him involved. It's just not, it's not working. It's got to be really frustrating if you are a Chenault believer. I know there are a lot, uh, a lot of them out there. There have been a lot of them out there, and I think there still are. You know, it's kind of become a joke in in the Twitter fantasy football community that Jamal Agnew is what we thought uh, Lavisca Chenault would be, and that's that's really been the case. Agnew uh, didn't even have a catch in this game, but did have three carries for seventy nine yards, including a sixty six yard touchdown. Those are the kind of plays we thought. LaVisca Chenault would be making. Uh, as I said, he's, he's that type of player for whatever reason that uh, a, a, lot of, a lot of dynasty players kind of cling on to, and, and they're not letting go quite yet. Because of that, I think I, think I would be selling LaVisca Chenault before it's too late. The trade finder is, is pretty ugly uh, when it comes to his value. It has certainly dropped based on that, but there's uh, – Still some package deals that were taking place that I thought were pretty solid. Chenault and a first for Godwin. Chenault and a first for Hollywood Brown. Both were in there. Chenault and Christian Kirk for Calvin Ridley. Uh, Those are all deals I would make uh, moving Chenault out of my lineup. And uh, just looking at his weekly wide receiver finishes, 42-107-53-20. Wide receiver 20, that's his best game. 62-35-75. 57 and outside of the top 50 again this week. So uh, just we're, we're not seeing the upside. He led the team in targets and it didn't even matter. He, he caught three of them for just 15 yards. He's just not making plays. And LaVisca comes in at wide receiver 38 and DLF ADP, uh, at least the most recent one, man, it's there's, it, it gets kind of ugly in that range. It, it's really fading fast. So if you're trying to pivot to another uh, wide receiver, you're you're looking at guys like Terrace Marshall if you want a little bit of that upside. Uh, goes down to like Darnell Mooney and 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 a whole bunch of veterans like Beckham and Kenny Galladay and Tyler Boyd and Antonio Brown. So we we go f- from the end of the wide receiver threes and you start those wide receiver fours right around that wide receiver thirty eight mark, and and you, there's a lot of question marks in there for sure. So really tough to pivot. Other things with these Jaguars, Matt, um, James Robinson came back this week, 12 carries, 57 yards, and a short touchdown, also caught for for 27. What are you doing with J-Rob? Man, I, I really want to buy him. I just I just think there's no scenario now where Travis Etienne comes back and claims the, the entire role, the rushing role, you know, whatever you want to call it, the running back one. Maybe there um, was never role. a scenario when that yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely possible. I mean, you just, I mean, maybe this is an emotional, like, buy, buy target for me, because you just see that guy on the field. He's like the only one trying to will, will this team to victory, just carrying everybody on his back, and he looks good doing it in both phases of the game. Um, so I, 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 speaking of Chenault, you know, like if we could sell him for like a, a late first range, I think I'd be happy to do that. But what if we could, if just speaking of pivots, like Robinson is somebody I'd like to buy for a late first, uh, you know, cheaper, obviously if you could get it, but I think that's probably the range. So if I could just pivot from Chenault to Robinson, I might be willing to do that. But I looked up in the, the trade analyzer, not the trade finder, um, to look at some values, uh, around James Robinson. And he's just above a, a late first in value in the, in the trade finder. Um, the same with Josh Jacobs, and then just below a mid uh, a late first value is Miles Sanders. So I thought we could play a little quick keep trade drop with these three. Uh, Dan, what do you think? Uh, which one of these guys are you keeping trade or dropping? Um, 
I am keeping J-Rob, and I'm probably trading Jacobs and dropping Sanders if I yeah. have to drop yeah, somebody. That, that, that's me too, Ryan. Anything different? No, I think I would have the same answer. Yeah, yep, it's so. it's a it's an interesting group for sure. And you know, if we flash back in the time machine, Matt, to just a couple months ago when the season was kicking off, J. Rob, right before that injury, of course, in the preseason to ETN, his value was in the tank. And now we yeah. see him. I think all of us, he passes the eye test. We watch him and we say, "Wow, that guy really wants it. He's working hard out there, and one of the only ones that's doing that among all running backs, not just just guys on the Jaguars. He is impressive." Let's jump over to another one of the blowouts from Sunday afternoon. It was the Patriots 45, the Browns 7. Mac Jones had his best game. Just 198 yards, but three touchdowns was very efficient. 19 for 30 or 19 for 23, excuse me, passing and looked in complete control of that offense. Ramondre Stevenson, another rookie, 20 carries, 100 yards, two scores. He looked just as good. Man, Ryan, I, I don't know what to say. We, we constantly say on this show, when it comes to the Patriots, you can't count on anything. But it really feels like whoever's getting handed the ball double-digit times in that backfield is pretty darn good. There's going to be one receiver that's pretty darn good every week. It's hard to know which one. This week it was Kendrick Bourne, 4 for 98, and an impressive leaping touchdown. What are your thoughts about these two rookies and the rest of the Patriots? Yeah, Stevenson was great today, obviously, uh, with Damian Harris out with that concussion. Uh, it, it just feels like a tease to me. I, I think next week we're, we're going right back to some form of a committee. I mean, Stevenson himself has been uh, not only in and out of, of, of uh, you know, a prime role, I guess we could say, but even the active lineup. He's been, mm-hmm. he's been a healthy scratch multiple times this season, flipping roles with J.J. Taylor or Brandon Bolden. Uh, so th- he he was awesome in this game. I don't know that his value is going to spike too much based on uh, based on this one performance and, and kind of the lead up to what we've seen from him in past games. Uh, but if I could if I could flip him for anything of value, I would do it because I, I feel like next in their next game, it's right back to a committee with with Damian Harris. Matt, Damian Harris was inactive on Sunday against the Browns, so that created this opportunity for Stevenson. What are your thoughts on that backfield by committee? I kind of agree with Ryan that he's a tease. I call him a tease plus because I do think there's some scenario where he just is the lead back. He He's kind of like the, the combination of, of all the other backs on the roster. He can catch the ball like James White or J.J. Taylor. He's got the size and the, the ability to run through the tackles like Damian Harris does. So he's kind of the most exciting option there. But, you know, this is always a committee. This is always a frustrating situation from him. I just can't – like seeing him on the field today, he reminded me. It was like shades of Corey Dillon in a Patriots uniform, not that they're the same player but they are about the same size uh both height and weight wise uh so um i don't know i I think i'm a little bit more optimistic than ryan is but you're but he's he's probably right and that this is just going to go back to being uh you have no idea which one you're going to start i will say in redraft for mondre stevenson is somebody that i've picked up and dropped off of the same roster like four or five times Mm -hmm. times a season i picked him up like this morning right before uh kickoff and then didn't put him in the lineup so uh i didn't didn't pay off for me there either and i'm sure i'll put him in next week and he'll he'll be a dud so uh, yeah. yeah, it feels like to me like Bill, good old Uncle Bill. He likes to he likes to leave one of them running backs off the roster and like rest him for a week. 
So the next week, he's got a guy that's 100% healthy, ready to roll in case he needs him. And Ramondre is that guy. Every other week, he's gonna he's gonna roll him out if he needs him. If and if he doesn't, he's gonna he's gonna let him sit and stay healthy for the following week in case he does. And I guess you can do that in the NFL with the way practice squads are and the way inactives go. It's not really a bad thing to do from an NFL perspective, but for fantasy managers, it is absolutely maddening. Baker Mayfield, guys, he got banged up in this one, injured knee. There was a little bit of good news on social media uh, throughout the late afternoon, but we'll see how that plays out. Certainly, if you're a Browns fan, you need Mayfield back because Case Keenum did not look like the answer. Uh, Dearness Johnson, he is, though. 19 carries, 99 yards, 7 catches for 58. He was the uh, free square on the bingo card. If you had him on your roster, easy to slide into your roster, into your lineup because there was nobody else. Nobody else got a carry uh, out of that backfield except for, I think it was a fullback, a, a, a lunge uh, forward Johnny Stanton got. So it was, it was weird. Um, Hunter Henry also, guys, another game. Two touchdowns. Jeez, that guy. Four catches, 37 yards. Jacoby Myers finds the end zone for the first time, so we don't have to hear about that anymore. The Bills blasted the Jets 45-17. to Josh Allen threw for 366 in a couple scores. Also threw a pick. And Ryan, finally, Stephon Diggs. Eight catches, 162 yards, and a touchdown on 13 targets. That's the game we've been waiting for from Stephon Diggs. Yeah, I think it was last week I said to 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 pivot off of Stefan Diggs, it was it would be you know, it would continue to be these frustrating games and and here he pops up with a good one. The Jets are a, a get right spot, Diggs with a big game, uh the the combined backfield a big game from them, but it you know, it wasn't just Moss, it wasn't just Singletary. It was both of those guys and Matt Breda as well who had been uh, not even active most weeks this season, and and Breda scores twice to uh, to kind of frustrate uh, anyone who had relied on Singletary or Moss. That I don't think you know we're we're not looking at either of those guys as long term valuable assets, uh, and, and even from a week to week basis, it's it's a little iffy. You never know which one of those is going to play the lead role. But now if it's a if it's a three way committee and and this Breda thing is real moving forward. We just, we can't use any of them. Yeah. It doesn't feel like you you don't feel real good. Clicking the checkbox next to any of those guys' names, Breda, Singletary and Moss. They all had the rushing touchdown. Breda also had the receiving touchdown. As you mentioned there going back to digs, Matt, what are your thoughts here? Cause they catches one sixty two and a touchdown. That was commonplace a year ago with, yep. with Allen throwing it all over the place. And, it, and they're few and far between, this season so what's the move if you got digs on your roster uh, maybe this is a, an opportunity to sell if you're you know if you've been relying on him this whole season maybe you're not quite contending maybe you're right on the bubble and are, are considering you know uh, you know going the other direction uh right now and if that's the case you know he's a 28 year old receiver uh, we know what happens to the value of those guys after this we've seen the trajectory with guys like julio jones even deandre hopkins uh, it doesn't matter how good they are. The value is, is, is on the decline. And I thought maybe you'd be able to pull two first still for, for digs, but looking at the trade finder right now, it really does not seem like that's the case. Uh, 23 first and Uzoma for digs, uh, digs straight up for Javante Williams, straight up for Chris Godwin, straight up for Derrick Henry. So maybe, maybe it's, maybe it's the other way. Maybe it's an opportunity to buy if somebody wants to sell, uh, off of this game. I'm not, I'm not really sure. I'm probably not buying. I don't have any shares of, of digs. Um, but, 
yeah, maybe maybe it's time to buy if you are a contender. I tried to sell last week, trying to listen to what Ryan had to say about trying to pivot to another player, and yeah. I didn't like the the counters I got back. They they weren't. I decided finally that I needed to hope for these games, hope hope for a resurgence, and maybe he could get closer to that two first range. I don't know if we're ever going to get back there with, like you said, a soon to be twenty eight year old receiver. Uh, may may have already seen the height of his dynasty value. Gabriel Davis made an appearance, I guess, three catches, goes over a hundred yards, just to three targets. I've been waiting all year, hoping some of those Emmanuel Sanders targets would end up going to Gabe Davis. And that happened a little bit, I guess, but it was against that Jets defense. For the Jets, not a lot to write home to mom about there. Mike White threw four picks. Michael Carter got in the end zone. Corey Davis caught three for 40 or five for 93. And uh, Elijah Moore, three for 44 and the touchdown. The tie. Well, let's talk about it. The Lions and Steelers both ended up with 16 points. DeAndre Swift, 33 carries, 130 yards, also caught three passes. And Najee Harris, 26 carries, 105 yards, and four for 28 through the air. So outside of the two young running backs, I don't know if there's a lot to talk about. We could probably talk about Deontay Johnson. Let's start with you, Matt. What do you think? What do you think about Swift, what he did on Sunday against the Steelers? I have two thoughts about it. Uh, no real hot take in terms of what to do with him in terms of, you know, buying or selling or any, any of that stuff. But I want to wonder if this is a, a rushing share anomaly for him. Uh, it was nice to see him get that volume, which we have not seen at any point in his career so far. His previous high uh, on the ground with 16 carries in week nine of 2020. Uh, his previous high from this season was 14 in week three. And now he's got 33 this week, you know, doubling his previous high. And not, I can't imagine we see that uh, in, except for in games where Jamal Williams is missing time. And he's got a thigh injury, I believe, soft tissue injury. So he shouldn't be out for too long. Um, so uh, I don't really have a, have, a, have a strong take here either way. It just seems like this is something that's probably not going to repeat itself. So uh, the, I think there's a lot of talk this week about him being the running back two overall in Dynasty. I'm not sure I'm there yet. I think, Ryan, you, got, you talked about on that on your other podcast, Locked On, uh, this past week. Um, so just, just commentary for me. I don't have a hot take here. I just wonder if this is a high point for him in terms of, of workload on the ground. Well, that's a massive workload for sure. 33 carries. What was interesting to me when I, I watching this game, he, he gets a couple carries and a catch runs off the field. And then Godwin Igwebuke comes in and a wide open hole. He busts it off for 42 yard touchdown. Uh, before that, same kind of thing. A couple carries for Swift, runs off the field. Just um, Jamar. Jamar Jefferson comes on. Thank you, Ryan. And big 28-yard touchdown. So if he had those 35 carries, it would have been like 216 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, those two other backup running backs combined for five carries. Swift was the entire offense. That's clearly not what they're trying to do. Um, I did think partway through this game, though, Ryan, that maybe the the workload was because this coaching staff saw an opportunity to potentially win a game, which they need so desperately, and decided we need to get our best player of the football as much as possible. There were so many third and sevens, third and eights, and they'd run a draw or a quick screen to Swift to get him the ball because nobody else on that team can make a play. Yeah, I do think that's a lot of what happened. Uh, we did see the rookie, Jamar Jefferson, uh, make an impact early. He only played three snaps, uh, but he carried the ball on all three snaps, including that 
uh, that 28 yard touchdown run. Uh, but then he suffered an ankle injury and, uh, was, was done for the day actually got carded off, I believe. So, mm. uh, maybe okay, some, maybe some concern for uh, a long-term injury there. I'm, I'm not sure how severe that is. Uh, but with Jefferson out, obviously Jamal Williams was, was inactive for this game. As Matt mentioned, that left uh, Iguabuke and, and, and Swift as the only running back. So, yeah, they, they had to lean on Swift. They, they certainly didn't lean on TJ Hawkinson. He got one target and didn't catch it. That, that was frustrating. Yeah, so if you watch Thursday Night Football and you were all up in arms over, over your tight end one not getting a catch on seven targets, uh, you got to be doing the same thing with TJ Hawkinson this week. That was ridiculous. Only one target. Not a big part of the offense. And Gasecki, he, he was regularly targeted on, on Thursday night and couldn't catch anything. Uh, th- it was disgusting to see Hawkinson's scout, uh, stat line. For Pittsburgh, of course, Mason Rudolph was under center, 242, and a touchdown. I guess, I guess he was fine. Um, Deontay Johnson, seven catches for 83 yards on 13 targets, Ryan. What are your thoughts on Deontay at the midway point of the season? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the Deontay Johnson stat line. That's what we see. Double digit targets every game, something like this, seven for 80, uh, a, a good productive game between 12 and 16 points is, is pretty much what he's going to get you. We've seen his value really rise. Uh, you guys have mentioned the, the November ADP a, a couple times, not out on the site yet, but getting close to done, almost ready to post. Uh, Deontay Johnson is an early third round pick in that ADP by far his, his highest ADP ever. He's the wide receiver 13. Uh, Mm. Just, just a few names that are being drafted behind him. Joe Mixon, Chris Godwin, T Higgins, uh, Derek Henry, obviously that is post injury Calvin Ridley. uh, That's uh, taking his, his situation into account as well. JK Dobbins, Deandre Hopkins, Amari Cooper. I mean, that's almost the entire third round. If that's you know if that's a good representation of where Deontay Johnson is being valued, then I think he's a sell right now. He's he's got a great great floor. He's been a double digit scorer in every single game this year. You know he's going to get you, like I said, twelve or fifteen points. Uh, he only has one game uh, this year as a top uh, top fifteen wide receiver though. So that's it. It's it's a, a great floor, but not the ceiling. So. so- yeah. Rich man's Keenan Allen, Jarvis Landry type feels yeah. like. Yeah. yeah, it feels that way. And very you know, rich. <laughs> looking into the future, the 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 future is relatively bleak, right? We're so many questions about who's going to be around him, uh, the quarterback position, of course, the other wide receivers on the team. Is everything going to stay the same and and offer that same kind of stability to Deontay Johnson, who has moved so so high in that ADP? Um, the move I like to make is because everybody's always looking for that kind of consistency. Go find one of those other receivers, the young guys, the the Devonte Smiths, the uh, Jalen Waddles, the Jerry Judys of the world, and and get a relatively significant piece on top that can help you out in the long term. Whether you're contending or not, I think that's something worth looking into. I love Deontay, but. It is so maddening to see bubble screen after bubble screen. He gets a couple downfield targets a game too, but it feels like all his work is within about seven yards of a line of scrimmage. And, you know, that's fine for a Hunter Renfro type player. But when you're talking about a guy in the top top three rounds of ADP, as you indicated there, Ryan, that's that's not exactly what we're looking for. 
Let's jump over to the Titans and the Saints. Tennessee outlasts New Orleans 23-21 to behind Ryan Tannehill, 213 yards and a touchdown. Also had a rushing touchdown. So, you know, if, if you see that Tannehill has a nice game, you probably expect A.J. Brown to have a pretty good game as well, especially with Julio on IR. A.J. Brown just one catch on four targets for 16 yards, Matt. Yeah, just uh, maddening. You know, it, it was, it was, I was wondering how this was going to work out with Henry missing time. Were they going to focus more on the passing game? Was that going to expose, you know, A.J. Brown to even more coverage? And he did draw Marcus Lattimore today, which is, you know, he's been shutting down receivers all, all season long. So, you know, maybe it's just another kind of down point in his season. My concern is, is the consistency this year. You know, he has three games in uh, week six to eight that we really would call usable. I guess week one, he had an okay game because he got that touchdown late. Um, but otherwise, it's been, you know, just a, just just like a, a roller coaster starting him every week. He's currently, or excuse me, entering this week, he was wide receiver 28 overall uh, from a points per game standpoint, wide receiver 26. And he's he's five points per game lower than the other two Browns that we talk about in both Antonio Brown and Mark and Hollywood Brown, uh, who are wide receiver five and six in, in points per game, uh, and that's not where we have him in dynasty. You know, he's he's widely considered a top five wide receiver by most. Um, I think I do have him at five or six right now, but you know, some have him as high as wide receiver one, and I just wonder um, if that's a if that's a ranking we should be placing on a guy like Antonio, or excuse me, AJ Brown right now. He's such a freak. You know, when he's he going, is. He's, he's great. He's but... fun to watch. He, he's like DK Metcalf. Or, you know, these kind of guys, they're going to have these down games, and I think we got to just live through them. You sell a guy like A.J. Brown, you're most likely going to be regretting it down the road. I, I, Man, I just love his talent for sure. Uh, the lead receiver for Tennessee on Sunday was Marcus Johnson. Yep, that Marcus Johnson. Five catches, 100 yards on six targets. We're probably picking him up in Dynasty Leagues, especially deep ones. But we've seen Nick Westbrook Aquina. We've seen Chester Rogers kind of roll through that offense and be the lead guy for a week or two. And it hasn't really panned out. It might just be his chance there with Johnson this week. Uh, on the other side of things, Ryan, Deontay Harris. Three catches, 84 yards, and four targets. Once again, catches a deep ball. What are our thoughts there? I think uh, I've seen enough consistency from Harris to uh, to add him to rosters if he's still out on, on waiver wires. Uh, this is um, five games in a row now where he's either had seven targets or 70 receiving yards. So getting a little bit of volume, a little bit of production. Not not necessarily ceiling production. You know, he's he's not giving you... 10 for 150 or anything like that. But if you need that bye week guy, he's, uh, he's, he's there for you. Uh, wide receiver three or better in three of the last four games. Uh, I think he'll be in that range this week as well. Once, uh, once all the games wrap up. Yeah. I mentioned his stat line three for 84 Marquez Callaway, two for 37 and a score. Traquan Smith four for 44 and a score. Mark Ingram guys, Without Kamara uh, active, 14 carries, 47 yards, and a score, but caught four for 61. So uh, he was a nice bye week or injury fill-in for us dynasty managers. One of the surprises of Sunday came in Washington. Uh, the football team come out on top against the Bucks, 29-19. to 19. And Ryan, Antonio Gibson, it, it happened. He didn't average what we wanted him to average or anything, but two touchdowns, we'll take that. 24 carries for 64 yards, two catches for 14. 
at least he had one of these games where we feel good about putting him in as, in our lineups. Yeah, I'm glad we we always uh, point out that yards per carry is not a not a great stat to use because it's it didn't look good for it Gibson look today. Good. <laughs> but uh, but beyond that, like you said, the two touchdowns and and if nothing else, he just looked healthy. The 24 carries is a new career high for Gibson. So uh, the the team and the coaching staff obviously felt he was healthy. And this is this is really what we've been talking about for six weeks. It's it, it's felt like get to this by get this guy some rest, hopefully get him healthy. Uh, and, and he did look fully healthy. So hopefully uh, he'll continue to see uh, an uptick in, in work in the passing game. I believe he only had two targets in this game, caught them both. Um, McKissick's still seeing a, a bigger uh, opportunity there when it comes to targets and, and routes run, things like that. So uh, if, if, if Gibson can get that in his, in his corner, then we're really talking. Yeah, J.D. McKissick, 28 snaps, 18 routes run, and four targets. Jarrett Patterson was also on the field for five snaps and took away four carries. So it seems like there's been a bit of a transition there that if maybe Gibson wasn't on the field, maybe Patterson would get more of those carries. McKissick had only one in this game. Matt, we got some other news uh, late last week or into the weekend, I guess, that Ryan Fitzpatrick is probably not going to be back this season. What does that do for Taylor Heineke in Superflex Leagues? Well, I just wonder if if, if he's going to be starting beyond this year. I do think they'll probably try to bring in some competition next next season, but we've, we've now heard that Ryan Fitzpatrick will, will not return for this season. He is an unrestricted free agent. If you look at the unrestricted free agent list, or uh, it's, you know, it's not super attractive out there either. Um, so I, I just wonder if, they're, if, it's, if it's worth trying to invest a small amount into him uh, if, if someone's willing to move him for like a second, maybe a second and third in Superflex. I'm probably not, not willing to invest a first in him at this point. Um, but, uh, you know, some attractive deals in the, in the trade finder, Heineke and Heineke and Debo for Zach Wilson. You know, if you're ready to jump off the Zach Wilson train and pick up a wide receiver, that's sort of interesting to me. Uh, he's also gone for a third, a single third round pick multiple times, a single second round pick multiple times. So I think right around in that range, I'm willing to invest, uh, just in the, in the off chance that he does become a starter for more than this season. You meant for sure not giving up a first round pick. Not probably, right? I'm not giving up a first round pick. Yeah, okay. You said the word probably in a little bit of hesitation. I mean, you know, if we get some declaration that he's going to you know, be a long term starter on the team, maybe at that point, but not now. Matt, you fill in the blank. Taylor Heineke has a blank percent chance of being the starting quarterback for Washington next season. Give it a 50 50 chance. No. I would say 12. 12%. (laughs) 12 percent i just don't who i mean they're not gonna if, if they keep winning games i know they're only what three and six now but if they keep winning games they're not going to be high enough in the draft order to take one of the top quarterbacks and again i'm not really up to speed on college quarterbacks right now but from what i understand they've been disappointing so far um from a dynasty standpoint um so i don't know i mean it, 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 where, where are they going to get another quarterback i guess at this point uh, are they going to bring is cam going to go back on the market are they going to bring him in are they going to trade for Deshaun Watson? are they going to sign ben roethlisberger is aaron Rodgers going to go there i just all those I, seem I don't, I don't just know. as likely as heineke <laughs> being the starter <laughs> okay next season, really. I, I think it he's really played pretty well i feel like he's played pretty well this this season considering uh, everything but maybe i'm in the minority there i really like playing against dynasty teams that start taylor heineke <laughs> <laughs> For the Buccaneers, Tom Brady threw a couple early picks. Threw a couple late touchdowns, though, as well. Leonard Fournette, 11 for 47. Wasn't a big part 
of the game plan rushing-wise, but caught eight passes for 45 yards. They didn't really mix much in late in this game. It was Fournette catching those dump-offs when the Bucks were trying to catch up. Uh, Mike Evans was a massive disappointment to those who like Mike Evans. Two catches, 62 yards, and a touchdown. If he didn't get that long, wide-open touchdown, man, he, he looked awful all day. I, I really dislike that guy. Chris Godwin, 7 for 57 <laughs> on eight targets. Um, let's jump over to Carolina and Arizona. Another butt kicking guys. Panthers 34 Cardinals 10. It was all Christian McCaffrey all the time. Matt 13 carries 95 yards and 10 catches for 66 on 10 targets. He, I wanted him to get that touchdown on the pylon so bad. They said he was out of bounds. He needed that one. He did. I mean, but he's, uh, I wrote in the notes, he's still just still a cheat code. I mean, he's a, he's a running back one and a wide receiver two wrapped up in, in one. And I know we've pushed him down the rankings a little bit because of injuries. And it's certainly concerned. He was in the medical tent again today, uh, with, I think with a hamstring or something, but he did come back into the game. Um, so that's always going to be a concern with him going forward. But I don't know. For me, he's still he's still the running back too. I'm willing to annoy Jonathan Taylor, the running back one in Dynasty. I think that's pretty obvious at this point, given what he's done over the last six weeks or so. But man, that upside from McCaffrey, and even we've talked about this before. Even when his value falls off, when he's he's not a valuable Dynasty asset in terms of on, on the trade market or anything, uh, and and he's lost a little bit between the tackles. As long as he's on the field, he's going to be a weapon as a receiver. I think even as he gets into uh, the later part of his twenties here. Um, so even if you uh, even if you're, you're you're not competing. Maybe I, I don't think I would be selling just to get out of a running back at this point. I think he's going to be a useful piece for for many years to come. Obviously, if he's as long as he's healthy. Yeah, he only twenty five years old. He, yeah, man, just you 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 said it perfectly. Cheat code. That was that was a vintage Christian McCaffrey game there against Arizona, and that that's a formidable defense. That's the defense we look at as one of the better ones in the NFC for sure. The other headline out of this game, Ryan, has to be Cam Newton. Signs on Thursday, scores on Sunday, throws a touchdown, and just announces to everybody that he's back. Yeah, he was he literally. Was qu- <laughs> yeah, exactly. He, he was quick to pull that helmet off after that rushing score, and you, you, it was easy to read the lips. I'm back. I'm, I'm back. back. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it, I mean, whatever whatever you think about Cam Newton, he's he's a fun player to watch, you know. And uh, I mean, this Carolina Panthers team needed him. Uh, they they bring him in on that first uh, that first red zone opportunity. He gets the rushing touchdown. Comes back in after a uh, an Arizona tur- um, turnover and throws the touchdown to uh, to Robbie Anderson. At that Ooh. point, I know I'm the, the, the sleeper. You hadn't heard of, hadn't done much this year, but uh, you know got to keep an eye on. Um, but. Uh, I honestly thought they would they would just go to Cam at that point, but I uh, did too. the the way the Cardinals were struggling, uh, couldn't hang on to the ball. They they didn't really have to. We saw a few more plays from Cam Newton, and uh, I mean I think it's it's pretty obvious that we'll see him uh, moving forward in that starting role. Um, so the great news for him. Uh, Matt talked about Christian McCaffrey. It was great to see him back at full strength as well, but probably not great for DJ Moore because when Christian McCaffrey's on the field. DJ Moore does not he he just doesn't have that ceiling. They they do too many of the same things in his career when McCaffrey is playing, Moore averages uh two fewer fantasy points per game uh versus when McCaffrey's been out of the lineup and uh in this one just four catches, 24 yards, 
just kind of another ho-hum game. We we saw the ceiling early this year, but uh, the past month or so, it's been pr- been pretty rough for DJ Moore. Yeah, it's a not- little... It's a little disappointing, too, because he's. He, I think he's proven himself as somebody who can play well on the outside as a downfield mm-hmm. receiver. So I don't know why they don't just pivot and use him that way. It's, it's clear he can do anything on the field that a wide receiver can do. Yeah, he still got the targets, seven targets, ran the routes, ran 33, led the team there, and was on the field for more snaps than any other receiver. In fact, any other non-quarterback uh, among the skill players. So it, it, it's frustrating, for sure, as, a, as really a... I think all of us are really DJ Moore truthers. We love his skill set, love the love what he brings to the table, both for your dynasty team as well as for the Panthers. But man, it's just frustrating that he can't get it to work out when CMC is on the field. Uh, for the Cardinals, not a lot of highlights there. Ten carries for 39 yards and a touchdown for James Conner, so he keeps the streak alive. Uh, Christian Kirk led the receiver seven for 58. Before we jump into the late games from Sunday, let's mention our friends over at Monkey Knife Fight, Daily Fantasy Sports, for the rest of us. Even if you've played DFS in the past, your experience with Monkey Knife Fight is going to be completely different. No more competing against professional players or working through time-consuming salary caps. With Monkey Knife Fight, you choose from unique, easy-to-play games, including the popular More or Less contests, where you can bet on if your favorite NFL player will have more or less yards than predicted. You can also play all the other major sports as well as golf, UFC, NASCAR, and more. Sign up for a new account with Monkey Knife Fight with a first-time deposit and receive a full year of DLF Premium for free. In addition, Monkey Knife Fight will match the deposit total up to $100 with the promo code DLF. That's it. It's all you have to do. Your DLF subscription is going to be set up within 36 hours. You'll have access to everything DLF has to offer. So go log on to DynastyLeagueFootball.com, click the image for Monkey Knife Fight, and follow the instructions to get started today. Let's get started with the Vikings and the Chargers. Vikings win 27-20. Delvin Cook was great, 24 for 94 and a score. Also caught three for 24. And then Justin Jefferson had one of them big games that... That Justin Jefferson does, 9 for 143 on 11 targets, but didn't find Pater. For the Chargers, Ryan Keenan Allen, he he's the guy there in Los Angeles. Eight catches, 98 yards on 11 targets. He's Justin Herbert's favorite target once again. Yeah, didn't didn't start out that way this season, uh, as we saw Mike Williams really uh, really take off. The first five weeks of the season, Mike Williams was the wide receiver two in fantasy uh, weeks six through nine. This is not counting uh, this week. Don't don't have those numbers in there full yet, but from week six through nine entering this week, wide receiver 88. So those mm. are some pretty rough splits. Obviously uh, Williams didn't do much to help help himself here, uh, but Keenan Allen certainly did with uh, with the stat line. He put up 11 targets, eight grabs and, and 98 yards, as you said. So, uh, I mean, Allen's back to that that weekly starter status that he has been basically his, his entire career, and and Mike Williams is is right back to where he's been, kind kind of on the borderline, uh, being a spot fantasy starter, not a guy uh, that you're going to lock into your lineup, and uh, you know that's that's of course changed since uh, what we saw the first month of the season. The other guy for the Chargers that was a lock in our lineups, Austin Eckler, eleven carries for forty four yards and caught three for fifteen. Found Pater on one of those grabs, so he came through for all of us as well. 
The Eagles beat the Broncos. It was it was it was an entertaining game, I would say, guys. Uh, but the Eagles pull away at the end, thirty to thirteen. Devonta Smith. Four catches, 66 yards, and two touchdowns. Jalen Hurts was pretty good as well, 178 and two, ran for 53. So the the Eagles look better, the Broncos look worse. All all that wrapped up, and all we can really talk about is Dallas Goddard left with an injury, and the Eagles suddenly, Ryan, have a running game. Yeah, it's crazy. We saw this uh, in week eight, I believe, which was Miles Sanders' first game um, out of the lineup. And, and we saw Jordan Howard and, and Boston Scott and Kenneth uh, Gainwell all have some success and kind of joked that we would want to see the same for Sanders when he gets back on the field. And uh, it, it's it's not really a joke anymore. Now we've got three weeks of, of evidence here, and I'm I'm trying to decide if this is good news for Sanders when he gets back on the field or if he's – uh, in, in the process of losing his job. The first seven games of the season, the Eagles running backs uh, averaged 13.8 carries for 65.1 yards. That's obviously Sanders. Uh, that, was, that was kind of before, um, before Howard really saw much work. It was mainly Sanders and Gainwell. Uh, so 14 carries, 65 yards. In the past three games when Sanders has been out, they've av- averaged... 30 carries for 142 rushing yards. Um, I, I mean, we are, we talked about Sanders a little bit earlier that we all chose to drop him in, in that scenario Matt presented. Uh, and, and there's, there's reason why when he's healthy, I think Jordan Howard at the very least is going to have a significant role still. It certainly feels that way, but you know, if you, if you, go back through your, the eye test watching these two players play over the last handful of season, Miles Sanders absolutely passes it. He he looks like the the real deal and Jordan Howard reg, Howard regularly does not. That that hasn't been the case recently. Ro, Howard is running fearlessly, especially between the tackles, a lot like early in his career with the Bears, uh looks like a different kind of kind of tailback once again, certainly earned that spot on the Philadelphia roster 12 carries 83 yards Boston Scott added 11 carries for 81 um that that backfield it's going to be something to watch down the stretch Javante Williams for the Broncos eight carries 48 yards caught two passes Melvin Gordon nine carries 44 yards and a touchdown caught one tell me if you've heard this before oh my goodness they can't decide to just go to Javante they need to but but they won't uh, let's jump over to the final game that we need to talk about here, guys. It was the Packers shutting out the Seahawks, seventeen to nothing, and it was it was AJ Dillon, guys. I know it happened because of the Aaron Jones injury, and, and Jones, I guess, was all right, twenty five yards rushing, four for sixty one catch, catching the football. But AJ Dillon, twenty one carries for just sixty six yards, plunged it in a couple of times, two catches for sixty two yards, had multiple impact plays in the game. And now depending on what we hear from this Aaron Jones injury, and I know early speculation is that it's a sprain and all those things. Uh, we'll see how that shakes out. Most likely Jones is going to miss some time. So I'm wondering Ryan, if, if AJ Dillon has the upside to be a league winner in 2021. I think he absolutely does. And I, I think you're, uh, you're being a little too kind to, to Aaron Jones because even before that injury, he was getting outplayed. 
uh, I, I thought at least by AJ Dillon. I, I know you guys both obviously watch this game really closely, uh, but even at the time of injury, uh, Dillon already had double digit carries uh, while Jones finishes with seven. Um, Jones was seeing more targets uh, and, and finished with more targets and catches than Dillon, but he also had a bad drop. Um, and I, I don't know. It's it's just not the same player. We've been talking about it for a while. I saw someone mention it on Twitter that uh, Dylan is the new Jones. Jones is the new Jamal Williams. I, I don't know if I would go <laughs> quite that far yet, uh, but it, it's been, like I said, trending in a bad direction for Aaron Jones and his fantasy managers. Matt, what did you think of this backfield? Because every time I saw Aaron, A.J. Dylan carrying defenders for a few more yards, I'm thinking to myself, these are the carries that Aaron Jones has been getting all season and he's getting tripped up in the backfield and, and making a one yard run into a two or a three yard run. And, and Dylan's making, making one yard runs into a four or five or a six yard run from time to time that catch and run down the sideline, the Seahawks defense was gassed, but that was pretty impressive for a, for a big guy like him. Yeah. And that, that goal line touchdown where he just basically yeah. ran right through Bobby Wagner, who is no slouch <laughs> at, at defending the run. So, uh, yeah, absolutely impressive. You know, I don't know. I, I'm not really ready to say he's the running back one for the Packers. If obviously if, if Aaron Jones is out, then he certainly is, but he's going to be involved more and more down the stretch, especially as we get into these cold weather months. I mean, this is what Matt LaFleur has wanted. He's wanted this grinder type running back and he's got that. And obviously uh, he offers even a little bit more upside than that. I think we've seen that today in the, in the passing game. So uh, I'm definitely optimistic about Dylan. I'm, I'm not ready to throw, throw uh, Jones in the trash. I don't think you can sell him at this point. Like, I feel like you have to hold him unless you're just if you maybe you can if you want to like get out for like a late first or something like that maybe that's an option for you if you're just done with him but I think I would probably be holding um, at that price I'm not going to get the value that I want to get out of Jones right now uh, my only other comment on this game and it's not really one he's probably not on any roster in any league uh, but Patrick Taylor he profiles more as a he's the only other running back on the on the roster right now I think he's on the maybe on the practice squad I'm not sure if he's on the active roster um, but he profiles more as like a Dylan replacement a bigger body guy six foot 220 20-ish pounds, um, kind of a, a just like a big, big lumbering back. Not nearly the upside, obviously, as Dylan does, but uh, might be worth picking up uh, off the waiver wire this this week if if uh, Jones is actually out for any foreseeable future. Yeah, Taylor got a couple of carries in late in that game. Two carries for seven yards. The only other guy that was called up, at least. We'll see how it shakes out with the Jones injury. I'm really hoping that it's more of a sprain and it's a short-term injury. Uh, but honestly, getting to see Dylan have the workload for the next Give couple it all weeks, to him. That, that seems appealing. I wonder if that can turn into a play-action game, help Devontae, help those other receivers as well. Uh, we'll see if Dylan can carry the load for the Packers. For the Seahawks, guys, Russell Wilson came back from the finger injury and looked pretty rusty, 161, and... Uh, and, and threw the couple of picks, probably should have thrown a couple of more, threw, threw some balls up for grabs, didn't look sharp on a couple of those uh, inside routes that, uh, across the middle that he's, he's you know, he's so, so often run out of trouble in the pocket and found a receiver on a second chance opportunity. He was doing that. He just missed them from time to time in this game. He made a couple good throws as well. Uh, so the sky isn't falling, but he doesn't look like himself. Alex Collins, 10 for 41. And DK Metcalf actually got thrown out of this game. Three catches for 26 yards on eight targets. It was late that he got thrown out, and then he tried to sneak back in. That was that was humorous, uh, for sure. So, I guess that does it. 
uh, for this week's episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I'm Dan, that's Ryan, over there is Matt. We appreciate you listening, and we'll catch you again next week.